Welcome to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and find deeper purpose and meaning in your walk with Christ. If you would like more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org. All right, so it's not really maybe the traditional Christmas message, but it is, it does have something to do with Christmas. And uh, as I was reading the story, some of the things that, that kind of jumped out to me is there was uh, some specific groups of people who in and around uh, the beginning of Jesus' life, the, the birth and, and, and subsequent things that happened, there were some people who, specific people who had encounters with Jesus that I want to talk about, and I think there's some things significant about who it is that uh, are the first to encounter, have encounters with Christ, at least as we uh, hear them recorded in the scriptures. We know that in the days of Caesar Augustus, right, that uh, there was a tax. Now, on Wednesday, when I was doing the PCA chapel, Every time I said the word tax, I made the kids boo. That's right. So we'd be, in the days of customer, they, were, they went out of a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Boo. And this tax, boo, was first made. So, because nobody likes taxes. But one of the things we, we realize is that, you know, the, the tax actually played a big role in what was about to happen. Because Joseph was living in Nazareth, right? Now. Jesus was prophesied to be born in Bethlehem. In order for Joseph to go to Bethlehem, there was a tax. Because everyone had to go to the house, uh, since he was the house and lineage of David, he had to go to Bethlehem, which was the city of their house or their family. So that's why uh, Mary and Joseph made the trek to Bethlehem, was because of this tax. So that's why it's in the story, that's why it's important that we understand that now. They go there, there's no room for them in the inn, all these things. The babe was wrapped in swallowing coats, was in a manger. And then out in the fields, in the same country, there were shepherds. Right? They were, as the scripture says, uh, and we can read it here, it says, and there was uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. So, this first encounter, the angels uh, make this proclamation of this uh, Christ who was here. Uh, telling of, of the Savior that was born, right? Who was it that they tell first? Shepherds. Seems like an odd group of people, doesn't it? But as, as I'm reading the scripture, one of the things that, that I, I guess I found significant, it was, it was people who were working. That's who they were. They were working people. What were the shepherds doing? They were abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And as I'm listening and reading this Christmas story, it just, it just struck me that, you know who Jesus really wants to have an encounter with is those who are doing the work. 
Tough crowd this morning. You know, it, it is one of the keys to pleasing God is work. Now, I, I want to preface this. We're not saved by work. We don't get to heaven because we work, right? You don't work your way into heaven. Everybody understands that, right? But one of the things that I know for sure is when the Lord is at work in your life, then your life starts working for the Lord. It just, it is an inevitability about having a transformed life is that you begin to do the work of the Lord. What is the work of the Lord? It's ministry. It's, 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 it's leading others to Christ. It's not you, you got to go out and, and build houses for, for people or, or do that. No, it's, it's you're leading people. You're sharing the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. The work. Jesus told a story in, in Matthew chapter 24. He says, Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Okay? Now, I want to explain, just make sure we don't get hung up on the language there and what it's saying. But it says that who is a faithful servant, right? Basically, who is working for, for his Lord, his master, who he has, has, has given him a job, a work to do. And in this case, it says to, uh, to give meat in due season or, or to harvest, to, to, to do the work that he's given. He says, uh, now this is Jesus telling this story. He says, who is that servant? Hopefully you're that servant. But he also said, blessed is that servant whom when the Lord comes, that he'll find him doing the work that the Lord had, had given to him. Now the story goes on and it contrasts this. It says that this person, the Lord, shall make him ruler over all his goods. But then it talks about the, the, the servant that doesn't and how he'll be cast out. It is important that we understand that the Lord wants to have an encounter with those who are doing the work. I, I work in a uh, uh, a technology field, and and sometimes that can be challenging because there is a uh, a level of knowledge that you really have to kind of get to before you can really be effective in the line of work I do. But I will tell you this: I, I've worked with a lot of people. I've worked with smart people. I've worked with dumb people. Uh, I, I, I have. I've worked with everything in the middle. But if I had to pick on the type of person who I want to work with the most, I want to work with a worker. You can be smart, you can be dumb, or you can be somewhere in the middle. And if you're a worker, if you're a worker, 
If you're a, a person who will do and get things done and isn't afraid to, to be active and to get after it, I can do something with you. We can, we can make good things happen. And I'll tell you, the, the Lord is no different when He's looking at our lives. If, if, if we're just willing to do, if, if we're not afraid of the fight, not afraid to, to be active, not afraid to put in the work, He says, I can do something with you. I can make some things happen. And when we look at our community, man, we, boy, we've got a lot of people on drugs. We've got a lot of people who, who uh, man, they've got financial needs. And, but I'm telling you, listen to this. I'm going to tell you this. The Lord's looking for workers. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. This is Jesus again. He says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherds. Then saith he unto his disciples. Are you ready? Right, You've got to listen to this part. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. This morning the Lord wants to have an encounter with people who want to work. Who are willing to work in his harvest, in his field. Now, we all know that the shepherds seen him but we, we get over into Matthew chapter 2 and we read the story about these three wise guys right we don't know if there was three of them we just know there's wise men from the east right that's what the scripture says we don't know how many we don't know what they was doing but we know that there were wise men and more than one that came from the east now Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 it says now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying where is he that is born king of the Jews for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him See uh, I think these guys are pretty interesting because uh, basically what they did for a living is they studied the stars and they believed there was significance in, in how the, the movement of the stars, which it really wasn't the stars that were moving, right? It was the planets that move. Stars are fixed. Earth rotates. Planets move. But these guys, man, they're looking at the sky, and they, they use the sky to uh, judge, you know, what might be happening next. And one of the... So let's put a few things together. The, the Jews were in captivity in Babylon for a long time. While they were in Babylon, we would have thought that a lot of this Jewish stuff would have fell by the wayside, but that's not what happened. Actually, when they were in Babylon, a lot of these guys uh, were educated, they, they, they were uh, active politically, and, and these scribes, they would copy down the scriptures. And these scriptures were, were taken, they were preserved uh, in these different archives, in, in these places in the East, right? So you had all this information that had been acquired for years while the Jews were in captivity. And then when Jerusalem was rebuilt, when, when they had a homeland that they were able to go back to, all of this knowledge was still over here. So these guys who were looking through the scrolls were learning this knowledge, knew about a person who was going to be born, a king of the Jews that had been prophesied about. So they're looking at the sky and they see this star that's over in the West, and they're like, you know what? This is a sign about the king of the Jews who is about to be born. 
They were watching. The shepherds were working, but these wise men were watching. They had their eyes to the sky. They were looking for signs. They were looking for something to happen. And I want you to know this morning that the Lord wants to have an encounter with those who are watching. Mark chapter 13 says, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, oh, we got workers, right? And commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what? I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Listen, it's important that we have our eyes looking and watching for Christ. I want to say this. I don't know when the Lord's coming back. I don't know. Ever since I was a kid, I've heard him say, it's getting close. Times are getting bad. We know the Lord's coming. You know what? He hasn't came yet. Things are still getting worse. Times are getting bad. You've heard it, right? I've heard it too. You know what? In the scriptures, it says the exact same thing. That, you know, they say, well, you've been saying this since the fathers fell asleep, but we've not seen him come. It doesn't matter. He is coming back. May not be in my lifetime, but you know what? I'm watching. I'm looking because you know what I, he may not, it may not be in my lifetime that I see him coming back, but you know what I don't want to happen. I don't want to, for him to come for me and I be unprepared because I have failed to watch, to anticipate his return. Are you watching for him? Are you keeping watch in your life diligently? Listen, when you're watching, when you're watching, you're vigilant. I, uh, when, when, I, when, when I think about watching, one of the things I, I understand is when you're really looking and anticipating. Uh, I, how many of you guys ever had guests coming over? You knew they was coming over, and you knew about what time they was coming over. And you sit, and, and that's what you do. You watch, and you wait. That way, when they get there, you're not surprised. You're not caught off guard. Had a, had a, I sold a four-wheeler this past week and had a guy come, and I told him 7 o'clock. And 7 o'clock, man, I'm watching. I'm looking. Uh, uh, where's he at? Where's he at? And here I am I'm sitting in the house looking at him. Nope, not here yet. Uh, and I spent the next 45 minutes watching for that person. And why? Because I wanted to be prepared when they got there. And you know, as long as I'm watching, as long as I'm watching, then my mind is on the things that, well, that needed to be on. 
When I'm watching, the thing that I'm watching uh, for is in the forefront of my mind. It never fails that if, if I'm expecting someone to come and you know, like, well, let me just run to the bathroom real quick. Guess when they come? Right when I'm in the bathroom. Never fails. Well, I got a few minutes. I can, I can just go do this. And boom, there they are. But when we're really watching, then in the forefront of our mind is that thing that we're watching for. Let me ask you a question. Have you gotten sidetracked in your life? You give no thought to the things of God, the things of Christ. Uh, you go throughout your whole week and, and, and then all of a sudden Sunday comes, oh, okay, Jesus stuff. Let me get back in that Jesus mindset. But the whole week that you went through, you haven't given a second thought about your spirituality, about the fact that Christ wants to work in your life. But that's what watching is all about, keeping us mindful of the spiritual things that are going on in our life, keeping us mindful of the things of God, the, the things of Christ that, 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 that he wants to do. He wants to have an encounter with those who are watching. Amen. Now, let me get to my spot here. When, and this is, we, we usually end the Christmas story at the end of the, um, you know, Mary uh, held all these things in her heart and, and all that right after the, um, the shepherds depart. But when we, if we go to verse 21 here in Luke chapter 2, it says, When the eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel uh, before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem, listen to this, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Did you catch that? That was our third W word if you missed it. Waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. See, there was a guy named Simeon. And the, the Holy Spirit had told him, he said, listen, 
you're not going to die until you've seen the promise, the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel, the promise, the Messiah who was to come. So, guess what he'd been doing? He'd been spending his life waiting. Waiting for the promise that was to come. Now, I'm going to tell you what. There's something spiritual about waiting. There is. This isn't waiting like uh, waiting in a, uh, a doctor's office to, to get to your appointment. It's not that kind of waiting. It's anticipating. It's the night before Christmas. Yeah. It's waiting for the thing that you know is coming. It's waiting in faith and in hope, knowing what what is going to happen. There is something spiritual about waiting. And so often we get in such a big hurry to do and to go and to be that we forget sometimes what we really need to do is wait. Even in working, we have to wait to work. What in the world are you talking about? Right? What do you mean you got to wait to work? You have to wait to work. You, you don't start building a house before you have plans. You don't start doing your job for the day until you have instruction. And as Christians... It's imperative for us that we don't begin the work of the Lord without waiting on the Spirit of the Lord to be with us. When, when I was reading this scripture, I, one of the things that, that I thought was, uh, was, it just really kind of struck me. I mean, I've read this before uh, several times, but when I was reading it this time, I was actually, we was at, at, at TJ, outside TJ Maxx in... Um, in Chillicothe, and Reagan and Mackenzie had went into the store. Me and Truett are sitting out in the van. He's back there. He's watching the TV, you know, doing his thing, and I'm up there, and I'm reading this scripture. And, uh, and I get to this part, and I'm reading about Simeon and how it talks about him there in verse 25, and it says, There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting on the consolation of Israel, right? He's waiting for the Messiah. He's waiting for the promise. But then it says, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. I got, man, I got, I got goosebumps when I read that. And you are looking at me like, what in the world are you talking about? I'm serious. I, I, I'm reading that and I'm like, man, this is amazing that this guy, he's waiting for the promise. He's waiting for the Lord. But while he's doing it, the Holy Spirit is still at work in his life. When we read the Scripture, there aren't a lot of people in the Old Testament who we read about the Holy Spirit being on. You realize that, right? It was usually maybe on a, on, on a leader or, or this uh, prophet or that prophet, but, but there wasn't a whole lot of people that we read that the Holy Spirit was really working on them. But we have this guy, Simeon, who, who the Lord say, uh, the Spirit says, you're not going to die until you see the Lord. And while he's waiting, he's doing it in the Spirit. 
I wish we would learn to wait in the Spirit a little bit. You know what I mean? See, when Jesus went into heaven, now we have to remember, of course, we've talked about watching and working and all this stuff. Jesus ascends into heaven. The angels that are standing there, it says, why, why stand you here gazing, you know, into the sky? The same Jesus who you, you're seeing go up into heaven. The same way he's going, he's going to return again. That's why he tells them. The same way. So in essence, he's going up into the sky. You're going to see him come in like man. He's coming back down the same way. But he also left them with instructions. He told them that uh, this is in the, the very first chapter of Acts. He says that, let me get to the right scripture here. Verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me, for truly John baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now in my, in my little brain, as, as I'm reading through this stuff, and this stuff is really hitting me, and I, I'm, I'm, I realize that there are people who don't understand. You know, you start talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and, and there are some people who come to church, and they get freaked out. I understand that. If you're one of those people, I apologize, because you're about to get freaked out. <laughs> but folks... The Holy Spirit is real. It is the power of the believer. It is the power. I got an amen on my I'm going to say it again. It is the power of the believer. You and I need the Holy Ghost at work in our life. And I want to tell you, it is important for us before we do anything else, before Jesus was putting him out to the work, the first thing he told him is wait on the Holy Ghost. And you and I as believers in Christ, before we begin to work, we better have the Spirit in us. you got to wait on the Spirit. Wait on the promise. You start trying to do this stuff in yourself. I really like the scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth. Did you catch that? If anyone is going to speak, speak as the oracles. Speak as God's mouthpiece. Let him speak through you. And if anyone is going to minister, let him do it with the ability that God gives. That, it, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, that's a scripture right there. That's got a little juice. I think about those old steam engines. You ever ever watch a western? They got them old steam engines. You got that uh, train conductor, and he's up there, and they got a they got a big fire burning in there. And they are just shoveling coal in that thing. You know what happens when you don't put any fire in the firebox? Well, the train don't go nowhere. 
And I'll tell you, as a church, sometimes we're trying to move a big old train with no fire in the firebox. Yeah. The first thing, the first thing, the very first thing that you got to do, if you want to see God move, if you want to see people touched, if you want to see people healed, you got to get a little fire in the firebox. And it was so important that Jesus told him, before you leave Jerusalem, before you go anywhere else, I want you to do one thing. I want you to wait on the Holy Spirit from the power, uh, the baptism of fire that I'm going to bring. And when you have the fire inside of you, you'll have the power to do the work I've called called you to do can't do the work without the power Jesus wants to have an encounter with those who are waiting for the power of God to come into their life waiting is a spiritual thing listen some people some people wait like I like to wait sometimes. They just sit in a recliner. Man, wait here. Well, the last spring we bought new furniture. I used to have to reach down and grab a lever and pull that thing back. Not no more. I hit a button. I'm serious. talking about some activity now yeah, at least I used to have to kind of do this you know get a little workout now I just and that thing just and I'm, I'm laying that's what that's the way I like it and there, there, there are people in church that they're like oh I'm just waiting I'm just waiting for Jesus well ain't it the truth I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about that kind of waiting. When, when Jesus told them to tarry in Jerusalem, they weren't just tarrying in Jerusalem for the sake of being in Jerusalem. They were waiting for something. They were waiting with anticipation. Uh, let's tie all this together. Watching, working, and waiting. All three of these things are done because there's an anticipation. We work. We go to our jobs because we anticipate a paycheck. And I'm going to tell you as a Christian, there is a reward coming for those who are working. There is a reward coming for those. We, we watch, when we watch, we, we're watching anticipation for an arrival of someone or something. And I want you to know that Jesus is coming back. I might not be alive to see it, but, but as, as Paul said, one of the, these days that the, the, the graves are going to burst open. And as saints of God, we're going to come up out of the ground. The sea's going to give up her dead. And then those who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds. He, he is coming back. Watching is about anticipating. 
someone or something's arrival. And waiting, this waiting that we're talking about, is about anticipation. Anticipating the promise that's been given to us. And if you're here, listen, you've never experienced the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Boy, you're missing out. That's the power of the believer. You can't be effective as a Christian without the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. You just can't do it. It's just trying to move that big, big old locomotive without no fire in the fire. It just don't work. This morning, we need to be anticipating, watching, working, and waiting until we receive the promise, our home in heaven. Thank you for listening to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and that you will share this with your family and friends. For more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stockdale underscore UCC.